2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 1. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. But having renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the gospel, or lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this text. Lord, it's so revealing. Father, please help us to understand our place in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, when we understand the idea that God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all, that's easy to get. That's easy. I don't have any problem with understanding that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. In Him was light, and there was no darkness at all. And it's interesting, John 1 is so clear about how Jesus Christ is that light. And it's interesting, John, the Bible says about John the Baptist that John was not that light, but he came to bear witness of that light. So John wasn't the light. Later on, Jesus Christ says, Ye are the light of the world. But that wasn't for us. That, he was talking about Jerusalem. Jerusalem is supposed to be a city on a hill that's shining out the wonder, wonderful mercies of God to the world. But when Jesus Christ died on the cross, He rose from the dead. When we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us. And now not only have we received light, but we are light. It's an amazing thing. We're going to see that from this text. But as we dive in, first of all, there's some things that we need to understand. First is, I have some things. I have some things. And again, how many of you, you're born again. You know Jesus Christ is your Savior. So as you, as you take your notes, as you think about this, uh, I'm saying, I have these things. I want you to say, I have these things. Let's say that together. Now, you guys trust me a lot because you don't even know what I'm going to tell you we have yet. And you're already saying we, but you're going to see from the scriptures that we do have these things. How many of you, man, as I was singing that song with you, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. How many of you, that's just a moving song for you. That, that was my first trumpet solo, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. But you know what's interesting? I don't know that I ever really thought about the words until this morning as I was seeing it tie in with where we're going with this. The light of Jesus. I have some things. The first thing that I have, I have mercy. Look at what it says. Verse 1, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. I have mercy. Here's how important that is. To keep your place here, go to Titus. Titus chapter 3. 
I think some of you probably have this verse memorized. Titus chapter 3 and look at verse 5. I have some things. I have mercy. Titus 3, 5. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. That's the only way we can be saved. Is that what the verse is saying? Not by works of righteousness. There's no way that my works of righteousness can save me. The only way that I can be saved is if I have received mercy. And receiving that mercy is how I got saved. So let me ask you again. Anybody here saved? So here's what you want. I want to hear you say. I have mercy. You have it. Okay, look at what it says. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. What is that washing of regeneration? There are some people that would teach that that's baptism. No, water doesn't, can't wash away your sin. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You see, when I received that mercy, I had the washing of regeneration. What is regeneration? New birth. New birth. Regenerated. I have been born again. That happens when I, when I am born again. I am washed from my sin. My sin's not covered by some sacrifice. My sin is washed away by the blood of Jesus. Why? Because I received mercy. So let's say it again. I have mercy. I have mercy. And it can't be taken away. I have that. So if we're going to understand this concept of being light, the first thing we have to understand is I have mercy. I have this. I don't have to ever have to. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. I have the Spirit of God in me. I have received mercy. So the first thing that I have is mercy. I like what it says here in Titus, that not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us, by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Not only do I have mercy, not only have I been washed, but I've been renewed by the Holy Spirit of God. I am a new man. And you know what I love? His mercies are new every morning, every day. That mercy is there for me. I am renewed by the Holy Spirit every day. And be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That renewing of the Holy Spirit. I'm new. How many of you have some old thoughts that you wish you didn't have? Just be washed. Just be washed. Just be washed. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from some of our righteousness. Or some, some of our unrighteousness. Is that what it says? Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's for the believer too. So now I've got to understand, as a believer, one of the things that keeps me from being light is not receiving the mercy that He has granted me for sins I've committed since I've been saved. 
I have received mercy. I've received mercy. I have some things. I have mercy. Not only do I have mercy, but I also have light. I have light. Let's say that together. I have light. Look at verse 6. We're in 2 Corinthians 4. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. When did God command the light to shine out of darkness? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And the Spirit moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, For God, who commanded light to shine out of darkness. Now, we're talking complete darkness. Complete darkness. There was no light until God said, Let there be light. I love it that when God created the earth, He created the light before He created the instruments of the light. God created the light before He created the sun, the moon, and the stars. That's pretty cool. I love it when people are trying to figure out the age of the earth by how far it would have, how long it would have taken the light to get here from the sun. You heard about all that? Well, God created light before He created the instruments of the light, so maybe their measurements are going to be a little off. But here's the thing. How many of you believe that God said, let there be light? Well, He also says that you are light. Look at Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 8. This is so good. But ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. You see, I have mercy and I also have light. This light that's right here, if I'm saved, is there anybody here that's saved? Are you saved this morning? If you're saved, then you have mercy and you also have light. You have it. It's not something that you have to learn. Oh, I've got to have this evangelism course. And once I pass this evangelism course, then I'm going to have the light. No. Is anybody here saved today? Are you saved? Anybody here saved? If you're saved, then you have the light. You don't have to have an evangelism course. You don't have to have some formula to be able to share that light. You already have it, and it's very easy to share the things that you have. So if you have mercy, you can be merciful. Amen? If I have light, then I can be light in the world. Some things I have. I have mercy. I have light. Not only do I have light, but I have the knowledge of Christ. Look at verse 6 again. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts. Why? Why did He shine in our hearts? To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of of Jesus Christ. You see, not only do I have mercy, and not only do I have light, but I have the knowledge of Jesus Christ. If you don't have the knowledge of Jesus Christ, you're not saved. If any man hath not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. That's what the Bible says. If you're born again, you have the knowledge of Jesus Christ. How many of you know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? You know that? You know that He came and lived a sinless life, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross for you and me, or buried, was buried in a borrowed tomb, was there for three days and three nights, and rose from the dead, proving that He was and is and always will be God. Then He walked around for 40 days, manifesting Himself to people. The disciples saw Him. More than 500 witnesses saw Him. And then He ascended into heaven. 
Then about 10 days later, he sent the Holy Spirit to us. Why? So that we could be light. You say, Pastor, why are you saying this Holy Spirit thing so that we can be light? I'm going to show you in a minute. But here's the thing that's so important. We have the knowledge of Christ. Do you know what one of our goals ought to be this year? To know Jesus better. The more I know about Jesus, the better light I can be. Why? Because I don't have any light. I have the light that Jesus gives me. I have the light of Christ because I understand I have the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We have that. We have that. So we're establishing some things. If, if the Bible wants us to be light, I've got to understand, first of all, that I have some things. I have mercy. I have light. I have the knowledge of Christ. But not only that, I have a ministry. I have a ministry. Look at what the Bible says. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry. Now, you say, no, no, that's, just, that's the apostle talking. The apostle has a ministry of divine apostleship. No. This is written to the Corinthians. Uh, how, how do we know? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. The reason we know this is written to the Corinthians is because it's called the first epistle of, or the second epistle of Paul to the Corinthians. But let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother. So he and Sosthenes are there together and he's writing this book. Look at verse 2. Unto the church of God was at Corinth. Some of you are thinking, that lets me off the hook. This is just for the people at Corinth. The people at Corinth had a ministry. The church at Corinth, they had a ministry. The church in Sydney, we can relax. If only the next phrase wasn't there. Under the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all, that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Okay, so let me ask you a question. How many of you here have called on the name of Jesus Christ, your Lord, to be your Savior? You have a ministry. Okay, so let's say this. I have a ministry. Ready? I have a ministry. That sounds good. Let's say it again. I have a ministry. That, that sounds too good to stop. Ready? I have a ministry. Now, it's not the ministry that I choose. See, one of the things that I was thinking when God called me to preach, I think that I would be a great missionary to Waikiki. God has laid it on my heart to, you know, to, to be light in the warm place. <laughs> no, I'm supposed to be light wherever darkness is. Is that right? I have a ministry. Well, I, I teach in Awana. Well, I'm glad, but that's not the ministry this is talking about. I have a ministry. Well, I, I, I'm, I, I'm a discipler. Yep, yep. That's not the ministry this is talking about. I help in the nursery. Now, that can be a dark place, I understand, <laughs> especially when pastor is doing history that matters. Man, I was afraid that there was going to be, you know, a lynching after that by some of our nursery workers. That's not the ministry that this is talking about. That's not it. Well, I'm a mom. Uh, that's not what this is talking about. That's not what this is talking about. Let's look at it. 
I have a ministry. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. See, on this idea of me having a ministry, because I have a ministry, I have a purpose to fulfill. It's so interesting. When I watch people, um, you can tell when someone has a purpose. Right? You ever watch somebody? They're walking in. And I love this. I walk faster than most people. I got a motor that runs higher than most people. And I love it. That really helps me at the mall. Because all those people trying to sell you the latest smelly pillow full of stones that make you, you know, go into a Zen state. You know what I'm talking about? When I'm, when I'm walking by them, it's so funny. They're standing there. They see me coming. And, and I'm just going by, man. I'm out of there. Why don't why don't they offer it to me? Because they think I've got some place to be, right? They don't know I'm just walking fast past them. My purpose is to avoid them. But you can tell when somebody has a purpose in life. How many of you like it when you go to a restaurant and you got a waitress? You're thinking, I'm never going to get my food, right? You want somebody that, that that they have a purpose in life. They have a purpose. And it's so interesting, especially on Sundays. I watch you all come in. And one thing that I know, this is a dark world. And life is hard. Your jobs are hard. They're making you work longer hours. They're expecting more out of you. Life is hard. Life is hard. Uh, There's sickness. There are relationship problems. Life is hard. Do you know what helps you when life is hard? To know that you've got a purpose. You have a purpose. And that purpose is the ministry that God has given you to be light around other people that are in darkness. That's what your purpose is. You have a ministry. And we're going to see that from our text. So I have some things. I have mercy. I have light. I have the knowledge of Christ. I have a ministry. I have a purpose to fulfill. But I know here's what people think. Now, let me ask you this. How many of you knew when you saw this as our theme that I was going to tell you you're supposed to give the gospel? How many of you knew that's what it was? How many of you knew that you were supposed to be given the gospel before I put this up? Anybody? But here's what we do. We don't have a furball. That's not. Here, here's what we do. I know I'm supposed to give the... I can't do that. That's just not my personality. I have a hard time talking about things like that. I've tried before, and it didn't work. Yeah, I know I'm supposed to, and yeah, yeah. Listen, anybody here have mercy? Anybody have light, the knowledge of Christ? You have a ministry. You have a ministry, and that ministry is to be light in the darkness. But you you know that, and me telling you that doesn't really help. 
Because you already know it, right? How many of you know that it might be better? You don't have to raise your hands on this. How many of you know it might be better to drop a few pounds? You don't need me to tell you that. You know, you get on the scale and it says one at a time, please. (laughs) You know? (laughs) That's where I am, man. All my suits are, all my, the cleaners have shrunk all my suits. It won't button. No one needs to tell me. I took out a belt. I haven't worn in a while. We're getting ready to go on a trip, and so my stuff is packed. I took out a belt, and I could barely get it on the last hole. No one needs to tell me that I need to lose weight. Right? Now, how many of you have ever known that? And even someone reminding you really didn't help you do it. That's the way, Jimmy, you've never needed to lose weight in your life. You're a liar. All right, now, here's the deal. Me telling you, me telling you, or even just showing you that you're supposed to be light, that doesn't help. See, I have some things, but I can be light because I am some things. Let me tell you what you are from the text. First of all, I am an epistle. You're thinking, huh? Here, look. Look at chapter 3, verse 1. Do we begin to commend ourselves? Or need we, as some others, epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? That's a rhetorical question. The answer is no. Here's what he says. Ye are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read of all men. So here's the idea. You're a book. You're a book. And people are reading you every day. Do you see what the text says? It says, known and read of who? Let's do that again. Known and read of who? So you are a book. And that's what an epistle is. It's a letter or a book. You are a letter or a book that's being read... Of all men. It's not if you want to be. I am light if I want to be. Uh, I am light when I'm right with God. Uh, I, am, I am giving a testimony when I intentionally set out to do that. No. You're giving a testimony all the time. You know what your testimony is sometimes? I hate this job. Everyone in the world is an idiot. That's what my kids think when I'm driving. Remember I told you one time, this is several years ago, I'm driving, and I said, you see that guy cut me off? And Lydia in the back said, yeah, Dad, they're all out to get you. (laughs) I pulled over and beat her bloody. No, no, I didn't. It's interesting. You see, I was a book that she was reading. Remember when Brother Dave McCracken preached here one time and he said, are you splashing Jesus? Lydia for a while would say that to me. You splashing Jesus, Dad? I'll splash something. (laughs) See, here's the deal. We are all telling a story. 
So you're some kind of light, whether you want to be or not. That's a bummer. And that's why we've got to understand what our responsibility is. We are light. We're light. I am some things. I am an epistle known and read of all men. So I'm being read, but what does my book say? Well, here you go. Look at chapter 4 and verse 2. Here's what my book is supposed to say. You understand that because there's a chapter division, it's still the same context. You see the therefore? Whenever you see a therefore, you're supposed to look back to find out what it's there for, right? All right. So therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. Not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation or the making plain of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. So here's what my book is supposed to be reading. Chapter 4, verse 2. This is, what, this is what my book is supposed to say. My book is supposed to say that I've renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. I'm not hiding things in my life. What I'm saying matches up with what I'm living. If, if people were following me around and I didn't know it, my life is still supposed to be an epistle of the light, of the knowledge of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Is that right? That's what my book is supposed to say. Not only that, but I'm supposed to not be walking in craftiness. Let's give an example. How many of you know people that if, if, if they worked as hard at working as they do at not working, they could really get some stuff done? How many of you work with people that are like that? Right? That's, that's craftiness. That's what that is. Or how about this? How about it's people that claim to be Christians... And here at church, you know, what a friend we have in Jesus. And then they live like the devil the rest of the week. People find out they go to church. Like, that guy goes to church? Really? Wow. That church will take anybody. <laughs> I heard this guy say, you know, I want a church where I'm, I'm just accepted, just as the way I am. Nobody judges. I can just come and be myself. That's not a church. That's a bar. That's funny, man. That's funny. So here's the deal. I am some things. I'm an epistle. Not only am I an epistle, I'm an epistle, but I am spiritual. Okay? I want you to say that. I am spiritual. Now, we're not talking about a New Age Oprah Winfrey kind of thing. You know, Anthony Robbins. You've got to find the light that's within. It's in all of us. We're gods. No. <laughs> that's not it. Let's, let's look at this and, and discern how we are spiritual. Let's go back to chapter 3. Chapter 3 and verse 2. Ye are our epistle in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us. Now look at this. Written not with ink but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshy tables of the heart. See, what he goes on to say is, when God gave the law to Moses, it was on tables of stone. 
That's not what we are. We're not some legalistic system that if you look like this and you talk like this and you walk like this and you eat like this and you drink like this, then you're a believer. That's not what it's saying. What happens is when you get saved, the Holy Spirit of God writes your epistle in your hearts. The issue, though, is walking in the Spirit, not walking in the flesh. When you walk in the flesh, then you're a different kind of light. When you walk in the Spirit, then you are reflecting the light of Christ. Is that right? So I am some things. I am an epistle, and I am also spiritual. And I think that because we are so physical and so tangible, and, you know, we're not like a charismatic church, you know, where everything is mystical and everything is spiritual. And, you know, we start speaking in tongues or we talk about some some spiritual thing that happened that really can't be manifested physically. That's not what we're talking about. We are spiritual in the sense that the Holy Spirit dwells in us and has given us spiritual capacity. What is that? What is spiritual capacity? I have the ability to understand the Word of God because I have the Holy Spirit of God. That's spiritual capacity. I have the ability to receive biblical preaching and teaching. Right? How many of you know basically everything that I've said, it resonates as true? How many of you, that, that's, that's happened as I'm saying it? That's because you have the Holy Spirit of God. How many of you ever heard something that you hear it, since you've been saved, you hear it and you go, that doesn't sound right. Right? And before you got saved, you couldn't have given a flip about what it was. Why? Because you have spiritual capacity. You're spiritual. Not only do you have spiritual capacity, you have spiritual awareness. You're able to discern things through the Spirit. That's what the Bible says. That the carnal man receiveth not the things of God. They are foolishness unto him because they are spiritually discerned. So you have spiritual capacity and you have spiritual understanding. You have spiritual discernment. You have that. So here's what I want you to say. I have spiritual discernment. Ready? I have spiritual discernment. Because you have the knowledge of Christ, because you've received mercy, because God has given you a ministry, He's given you the ability through the Spirit of God to accomplish His desire for you to be light. You have it. You have it. You know what happens to me sometimes? How many of you have ever forgotten tools that you have? Right? How many of you have ever gone and bought a tool that you already had? Yeah, I've got five crescent wrenches. You know what I mean? Because I, 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 I'm not organized. So here's the idea. In this idea of being light, when I showed you that you have to be light, just like I said you might have to lose weight, understanding that doesn't help. But understanding that you've got the ability to do it, man, that's huge. That is huge. You've already got that tool. You've got that capacity. So I am some things. I'm an epistle and I am spiritual. And because of that, I am able. I am able. Would you say that? Man, there wasn't much zeal behind that. Let's try that again. Amen. You have the power within you. Okay, now look at this. (laughs) Chapter 3 and verse 6. Verse 5 for the context. 
Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Amen? Man, I got to tell you, it's not in me to do this stuff. It's not. But that's why it's so cool that my sufficiency is of God. But now look at what it says in verse 6. Who hath made us able ministers. You thought I was making it up, didn't you? See, not only, are you ready for this? I want you to say, I have a ministry. And I'm able to do it. Philippians 2.13. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. How many of you, God's given you a job, and after a little while you say, I can't do this. Man, you ought to try being a pastor. Can you imagine being nice to 300 people when you're a jerk? You know what I mean? But God gives you the ability to do that when He calls you to the ministry. And since He's given us all this ministry of being light, He has made us able ministers. You are able to do this. This is not some rah-rah pep talk. Remember that thing? My favorite cheers when I was in high school. What makes the grass grow? Blood, blood, blood. Remember that? Did you all used to do that one? No. This is not... Jimmy, I know you did that. That's right. Now, this, that's not, this isn't a... I was in sales for so long. The idea of coming in here and being a salesman makes me sick. That's not what we're talking about. This isn't a rah-rah pump us up. Man, I've been thinking about this for three or four months this idea of what's, what's lacking, what, what are we missing at Grace Baptist Church? And it's not that no one is being light. Because I hear your testimonies about the people that you're ministering to and witnessing to. I know that, that, that we have individuals who are being light. But I know that as a body, we're not being light. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? We're not. And so this isn't a rah-rah pump-up thing. This must be our, the focus of our ministry. And I want you to know you can do it. You are able, not from anything I do or not from anything that you have. Our sufficiency is not of us. It is of God. Now let's look at the rest of the verse. 3.6 who, who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. The law kills. So if I come to you and I tell you you've got to do this and you've got to do this and you've got to do this and you've got to do this to be saved, that kills. That kills. But the law of the Spirit is life in Jesus Christ. I am some things. I am an epistle. I am spiritual. I am able. Do you know what helps me do this? I'm free. I'm free. Look at chapter 3 and verse 17. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You know what? You are free to be light. It doesn't matter what's happened in your life. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It doesn't matter if you did it yesterday. See, we believe that God's grace is great, is, is, is capable and is good enough for things in the past, just not what happened yesterday. Can I promise you something? You're going to sin again tomorrow. Now, hopefully not that same sin, but there's a chance. There's a chance. 
But here, if we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, even the unrighteousness that happened yesterday. I'm free! Man, we get so weighted down by what we've done or by what's happened to us or by what somebody else did or or by what some teacher told us. The Bible tells you that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Do you all believe that? So here's what I want you to say. I am free. Put some life into it. I am free. I'm free! Can you imagine if you were ever in jail? I was in jail once. Um, I was 17. I was 18. I'd gotten a ticket in New York right before I graduated from high school. And in New York, if you get a ticket within the first six months of having your driver's license, your license is suspended. It's no big deal. I moved to Indiana. <laughs> I'm driving back from a New Year's Eve party. No booze, just people together, you know. In... Uh, Madison, Wisconsin, driving back to northwest Indiana, snowstorm, driving my, I had a, I had a vet, and, well, it was a Chevette, but I, I was, <laughs> I'm driving, and there's a snowstorm, and I fell asleep, and so I'm driving through Chicago, there's like six lanes of traffic, I'm in the left lane, I fell asleep. I went up and hit the cement barrier, kind of on the snow, went up on that, and spun through six lanes of traffic into a ditch on the other side. Now, praise God, I didn't get hit, right? Amen. So, police officer comes, everything's fine, he's going to help me pull out, he checks my license. And he handcuffed me, put me in the back of the car, and put me in jail in Chicago. Yeah. They put me in this holding cell. Now, I'm 47. You can imagine what I looked like when I was 18. I looked like I was 12 years old or something. I promise you, I did. And I'm in this holding cell, you know, with other people. And it's so funny. You know, they're the, the lieutenants or whatever in white shirts. And this, this guy in a white shirt, he walks by. I'm in the cell. He walks by. He looks in the cell. I hear him rush over to somebody. They pulled me out of that and put me in one by myself. <laughs> Apparently, I looked like fresh meat. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's when I realized this might not be a good situation. <laughs> you know, and this is that same old thing my dad got used to. Reverend Alter, can you come pick up your son? You know, that kind of thing. And so, I remember when I got out, I was really happy to get out of there. I was free. Can you imagine, how many of you have seen the pictures of the prisoners of war coming back from, like, Vietnam? Free. Getting down on the, on the ground and kissing the, the, the pavement because they were back in America. They're free. You understand that we have a freedom that's far greater than being released from any prison or any jail. Would you say it again? Amen. So I, I am some things. I'm an epistle. I'm spiritual. I'm able. I'm free. And I'm light. I am 
light. So, since I have some things and I am some things, therefore I must do some things. Chapter 4 and verse 1. Therefore, therefore, there are some things because of what I have and because of what I am, there are some things that I must do. Why? Therefore, because I have a ministry. Because I have a ministry, therefore, i got to do something. Because I've received mercy, therefore, I have to do something. And then look at verse 1 again. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. Therefore, I've got to do something. Because of this ministry that I've been given, because I'm a spiritual being, I've got to do something. I've got to not faint. Now, we're not talking about Pastor Nathan seeing blood. Man, Pastor Nathan went in to see Elza Willis one time. I'm with him. And we're just talking, and they were changing his IV or something, and all of a sudden Nathan was, <laughs> where are you? Where is, where is he? I don't see him. He's, out, he's, he's playing tiddlywinks back there or something. Um, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about fainting in that sense. That's not what the text is. Look at and it's the 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 text always defines. You know what fainting is? Here's what fainting is. Fainting is failing to renounce the hidden things of dishonesty. Fainting is walking in craftiness. Fainting is handling the word of God deceitfully. Fainting is not manifesting the truth. Fainting is not commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Fainting is hiding the gospel from those that are lost. Fainting, in verse 5, is not preaching Christ, but preaching ourselves. Talking about yourself instead of talking about Jesus. That's what fainting is. So, because, therefore, because I have this ministry, because I've been saved, because I've been given mercy, because I've been given light... Because I have all these things and I am all these things, I must not faint. And when we are not being light in the world, that is fainting. You see that? That's not doing our ministry. Therefore, I must not faint. Therefore, I must manifest the truth. So let's look at this manifesting of the truth. Look at verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. You see, I don't lose anything if you don't give the gospel. I don't No, The lost people do. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So therefore I must manifest the truth. What is this manifesting the truth? Manifesting the truth is living a life that matches up with the testimony. Do you see that? That's what's in the context. Just verse 2 again. The end of verse 2. Commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. So here's the idea. My gospel is not only what I say, but it's the life that I present. That's what's going on. So if I'm not commending myself to other men's conscience, if I am not living a life 
that is an affront to the sinful co-worker, right? Then my gospel is hid. If I am not living a life openly that is holy and righteous and godly, openly so, then my gospel is hid regardless of what I'm saying. I must manifest the truth. I must live the truth. That's got to be my existence, not something that I do. It's what I am. And then, therefore, I must not hide the glorious gospel. I must not hide the glorious gospel. Now look at it. I want you to see what it says. If you look in verse 4, in whom the God of this world, that's Satan, hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Now, you see it says that the glorious gospel, that means something. How many of you realize that when something's in the Bible, it means something? It's not just an adjective. Is that right? Yeah, not, okay. It's not just an adjective. Look back in chapter 3. Now look what it says. Verse 7. But if the ministration of death, written and engraven in stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. Remember, now here, there's a reference here. Moses goes up on Mount Sinai. God gives him the law. The tables of law. And, and, and Paul calls that the ministration of death. Because the purpose of the law was to show you that you can't be good. The, understand, the law never saved anybody. People in the Old Testament were not saved by keeping the law. Because they couldn't keep it. Right? Let's just make sure we understand that. People in the Old Testament were not saved by keeping the law. They could not keep it. We'll go into that in some detail in another time. But the Bible says it was the ministration of death. We've been given the ministration of life. And the Bible says that when Moses came down off of that mountain with those tables of stone, his face shone so much that he had to put a veil over his face so the people could look at him. How many remember that from the Bible? But that glory passed away. The gospel that we give now look at what it says. This is pretty cool. Verse 7, But if the ministration of death written and engraven in stones was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away, how shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? You see, the glory of the ministration of the Spirit, now you ready for this? They couldn't look at Moses. Well, yeah, I'll give the gospel. Oh, yeah, something I want you to read. That's the way we are. You know, we're going to pray. Well, I'm going to have a good testimony. I'm going to pray at the restaurant. Because we're ashamed to live our faith out. Carry a Bible to school. Carry a Bible into the workplace. Openly share your faith so that the glory of Christ is seen everywhere. 
so much that the world says, what's up with these people? Some people are going to say, those people are freaks. Stay away from them. There's some other people that are going to say, I need to find out what's happening there. They got something special in that place. There's something different. And they're going to come in here and they're going to see people that love God and that love each other and that actually study the Bible in church. Wow, I got to bring my Bible to church. That's weird. See, they're going to see some things that are just different. You can be excited about your faith. It's rather glorious. If I faint, that won't happen. I must do some things. I must be light. Then, I must know some things. All right? Because I have some things, and because I am some things, i got to do some things. But before I can do those things, there's some things I need to know. The first thing I need to know, I need to know some things about Satan. First, Satan has distracted me. Satan has distracted me. Man, I don't have time to give the gospel. It's football season. I'm distracted. Man, let's, we call a, a visitation. Man, I can't, I don't have, I worked all week. I, psh, I don't have time for that. This is my day off. Satan's distracted us. Satan's distracted me. I got to know some things. Something else about Satan. Satan has accused me. Man, I'd give the gospel, but I got this in my life. And you know what the, Satan is called? The accuser. He, he, he's accused the saints night and day. I'm not good enough. I can't do this. Satan has distracted me. Satan has accused me. Satan's discouraged me. Man, I've tried to give the gospel and it doesn't work. He's discouraged me. And you know what happens then? Satan has subdued me. He's subdued me. Oh, there's old Joe. He's a Christian. Look look at him. Ah! And so you end up just cowed. Cowed. And you watch the kids in school. Man, you teachers, you know this. You see these kids that get picked on, and, and here's the way that they are. They sit, and all they're saying is, don't look at me. Don't notice me. How many of you know people like that? That's what Satan does to us as believers. He subdues us because this whole world system is against us. He subdues us when we're supposed to be light. Satan has Distracted me, accused me, discouraged me, subdued me, and he has entangled me. He's entangled me. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. He's entangled me. I've got to know some things about Satan. If I'm going to be light, I've got to know some things about Satan. But if I'm going to be light, I need to know some things more about Jesus. Number one, Jesus has saved me. Amen? Has Jesus saved you? Say that for me. Really give me a good one. And if Jesus has saved me, then something else I need to know, Jesus has cleansed me. I'm clean. I am clean. I was talking to a guy on the phone yesterday. Y'all know Doug Stoffer. He wrote, you know, One Book Stands Alone, all that. We were talking on the phone yesterday. And uh, we are talking about the difference between position, positional truth, and practical truth. And he wasn't getting my point. And so I said to him, Doug, you've got to understand something, man. You're not getting this. I'm perfect. Yeah, right. No, I really am. Y'all are, you guys get, you always understand that you have the perfect pastor. 
I don't know, if you could right now, some of you would be going, <laughs> right? Because you know. But the simple fact is, I am clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, and I stand before God. Perfect. So do you. Anybody here saved? If you're saved, raise your hand. You're perfect, man. You are perfect. There is nothing stopping you from being light. Except the accuser. You're perfect. Jesus has saved me. Jesus has cleansed me. Jesus has freed me. Jesus has called me. And Jesus has empowered me. So I must know some things about Satan. I must know some things about Jesus. And I must also know that I am necessary. You know that, you, that, you know that your witness is significant? Your witness is important? You talk to people that I will never get to meet. You talk to people that, that some of the other evangelists, those who, who are able to give the gospel clearly, they'll never be able to meet. You're necessary. Could God save them without you? Absolutely. But He's chosen to do it through you. If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. That's what the Bible says. That's talking to you. If your gospel is hid, it's hid to the lost. It's not hid from me and other believers. It's hid from those who are going to spend an eternity forever in a Christless hell. That's who your gospel's hid from. This is real. I am necessary. So, what do we know from this? I must be light in the darkness. Will you, do, will you be that with me this year? Will you be that with me this year? Will you be light? Here's how we're going to facilitate that. We're going to do evangelism training. We're going to do something different than the Operation Go. Something fresh to get our minds around it. We're going to be doing new evangelism training. And again... You've already got the light. You don't have to be trained so that you can have the light. But we're going to help you to know how to take the light to someone else. Then, how are we going to be light as a church? I have had for the last five years different missionaries begging me to come to the field. Um, and so this year we're going to go. Uh, Lord willing, I'll be in Argentina in June. Uh, in probably April, I'll be in Ireland and Slovenia. And in uh, July... Lord willing, I'll be in Lebanon and Syria with Brother Fagali. Can you imagine taking the gospel to Syria? Can you imagine? How many of you think Syria needs light? So I'm going to go and help train pastors there who can then take the light. See, that's something our church can do. You can be trained in evangelism. I can train in evangelism. Then we are going to have monthly corporate evangelistic outreach. And that will be on a weeknight, either a Tuesday or a Thursday night, and Saturday. You can pick one of those two nights or you can come both. But I, I really do expect everyone in this room to participate. You said you'd be light. How many of you a minute ago, God heard you, how many of you a minute ago said you were going to be light with me? Anybody? Then I expect you to be a part of our outreach. How cool would it be for everyone in this room to be a part of evangelistic outreach? Corporate, as a church, under leadership, given instruction, going and giving the gospel. All right.
evangelism training, missions trips, monthly corporate evangelism. And then this is really cool. I am super excited about this. Sunday morning, Sunday night, this year, I'm going to be preaching through the book of Galatians. If we're going to be light, let's find out what the light is. Let's find out what liberty in Christ and the gospel is all about. Every Sunday morning, Sunday night, studying the book of Galatians. Is that cool? That's, I just love that idea. And then here's what all of us are going to do. All of us. Here's what all of us are going to do. All of us are going to say something good about Jesus, God, the Bible, and our church every day. Every day, find somebody to say something good about God too. Say something good about Jesus Christ. Something good about Grace Baptist Church. Something good about the Word of God. Do you know what will happen? All of a sudden, that is you making your conscience, making yourself, making yourself. How does the text say it? It says, by manifesting of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. That's what that is. It's putting the truth out there, standing for the truth. Do you know what else that will help you do? That will help you live right. It really will. When you're telling something about Jesus, you're going gonna, gonna to have a real hard time telling the dirty joke right after that. And what's going to happen is for some of us, for some of, let's say for some of you, um, if you have told the dirty joke and now you're talking about Jesus, somebody's going to say, you were just telling dirty jokes, now you're talking about Jesus. How's that work? Hey, I'm not perfect. I'm just saved. I shouldn't have told that joke. That's why I'm trying to talk about Jesus now instead of that. Do you realize how powerful that is? That is super powerful. So, evangelism training, missions trips, monthly corporate evangelism, book of Galatians. All of us are going to say something good about Jesus, God, the Bible, and our church every day. That's how we're going to be light.